Hey, how you guys doing out there? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Thursday Night Comic Book Chat presented by Brothers Comics, where we walk through classic X-Men stories and link them to the current continuity. On the line tonight, I have my two favorite mutants on the line. Um, Brother Beavis. Brother Beavis, man, say what's happening. What's up, my muties? Man, mutey please, mutey please. And on the line tonight is also the Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. Can you well, fellow mutants? What's going on? Everybody's here. Uh, we'll see if Nick Hodge makes the call tonight. Uh, the magic eight ball says not fucking likely. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> um, the last time that we had the cover book chat, we went through the mutant massacre, um, and we found out that Wolverine can walk 40 miles in a sewer with a, a healer on his back in record time, Olympic-like time. Uh, and the mutant and the the Morlocks were, you know, their numbers were greatly reduced. And the X Men uh, took those standard Chris Claremont L's where they got their asses beat, and then later would come back and and uh, get a, a, a you know a hot tag and come back in and save the day. Um, we're gonna skip here a little bit from 213 all the way to 221. Now, Brother Beavis is gonna recap some of this, and he was the the impetus of like us kind of not like kind of going over these issues here and not skipping straight to the fall of the mutants. Uh, and he's right because there is the, um, the era of Mark Silvestri who's going to be on the book for quite a few years. Um, uh-huh. And then there's a change of the teams as well as they shift out some older X-Men or old X-Men and start the new team. So brother Beavis, why don't you give us a quick recap? So we finish off with basically the X-Men team is Wolverine uh, Storm and Rogue with Magneto in the mix because at this point uh, Colossus, Shadowcat, and Nightcrawler were all injured in the Morlock Massacre. The new mutants have disappeared, so Magneto has nothing better than, than to hang out. So, But off-panel, we're introduced to our first new X-Men and one of the new mutants, Daniels or something, Psylocke, with no backstory in the Uncanny X-Men, is introduced and she has her, you know, her first push against uh, Sabretooth. She gets a time limit draw against Sabretooth. Then ends up in a classic Wolverine Sabretooth confrontation, and, and so now we're we've gone from three to four X Men. That's two thirteen. Two fourteen. They introduce they they re, re and I think within two three two thirteen they start this, but we we get this. Uh, Dazzler, in her own story, has been outed as a mutant. And so she's in Lila Cheney, another obscure mutant's backing band, and we hear some of that story. But she also gets afflicted by what we learn is Malice, which is this uh, possessed necklace who's also on the Marauders team. And uh, Dazzler then fights the X-Men before Storm uses her indomitable will to overthrow Malice. And it's interesting here is like, now they start accumulating X-Men, not because they're, like, strong, because but they're like, y'all bitches are so weak, you need to stay with us or you're going to die because the Marauders <laughs> are out killing somebody. So they've got Psylocke, Dazzler, uh, and the interesting thing that happens here is Malice possesses Wolverine, he loses it, and he can't trust his senses, and he goes berserk and he splits. 
So Storm goes off to find him. She gets waylaid by uh, these three guys from, like, World War II, Super Saber, Stonewall, and Crimson Commando. There's a two-issue fight with them for, for Storm to get back on the team. And then while those while that's happening, the rest of the team, which now mysteriously includes Longshot, uh, with yeah. no backstory in Uncanny X-Men. They're on Muir Island. Dazzler and Rogue hate each other. Again, you would have had to read Dazzler to understand why. She gets yeah, in her heels and goes off. And, yeah, we need to touch for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She goes off and fights that, or Juggernaut, who is the, you know, the go-to. We need a, you know, he's the king of Sunday night, Nitro, but, you know, can't get a win on the Monday night show, so... They bring him in so he can have a match against Dazzler. And then they, they, over the course of two issues, they fight him. So they're like, you know, Dazzler, you suck. you got to stay with us. And then the next sorry X-Men to recruit <laughs> is Havoc, who Havoc is having nightmares about having to go check on the X-Men and getting ganked by them all. But it turns out he actually did that, and they replaced his memories to try and get, get rid of him because he's so sorry. But he saw through that, and he ends up on the team because he's so weak. Uh, and while he's gone, things are happening with Malice. Storm decides at this point, with a roster that now includes Longshot, Dazzler, Psylocke, and Havoc, she really needs her powers back. So she goes <laughs> off to find Forge, and that sort of kickstarts the next phase here, which is getting us into the fall of mutants. How's that? Yeah, thank you. Same, and that is uh, eight months of recaps, you know, in about three Ooh. minutes. Yeah, and I mean, and that's that that's well a lot. Done, yeah. Now, you, well you def- yeah, you defended before we started. I'm like, man, there was some good stuff happening in there, but I would say Stonewall, Crimson, and uh, yeah, Fake Speed Racer, super is, yeah. issue <laughs> worth of awfulness. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some hard books to read in there. I remember some of those, some of them. Yeah. It, it 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 was just a couple of uh, uh, like I said I was kind of trying to do my catch up skim read and I'm like ooh boy this is rough <laughs> it's also but, uh, a mix a mixed match of um, creative teams too because there is yeah. some there is some like uh, what Adams work and some Barry Windsor Smith who I really can't yeah. fuck with Barry Windsor Smith but I think it's usually yeah. like yeah. the inkers they put him with like they don't like his stuff never has any tone to me but yeah they, this is this is like just a mix of stuff, like leading up to what would become a long stretch for I think the Leonardi era. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it, in the book here, like you said, we we shifted out Colossus, Nightcrawler, and Shadowcat after they got beat so bad up in the Mutant Massacre that yeah they start putting people onto the team. And I remember as I reading these books as a kid and even as an adult, I was like, man, my my love for this shifted. And so we can take them, like, you know, take them from the top or ladies go first. You know, this version of Psylocke, because she's probably fully clothed, I couldn't mess with. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but what was your thoughts on Psylocke, uh, Sandman, like this version of Psylocke before she becomes a ninja? Um, my my thoughts were, like, who the fuck is this and why is she an X-Men? Mainly, I was like, yeah, like, like Beaver said, like, who that, where, where does she come from? And I noticed, like, they love to seem like just get an unknown telepath and just throw her in the X-Men if, you know, Jean Grey is available or something like that, or her clones, whatever, whichever one you want to talk about. And, right. uh, so I, I thought it was almost kind of cheap. He's like, oh, really? Okay, she's a telepath. And, you know, it just so, so happens that 
the team is really weird right now and underpowered, so they just decided right. they would throw a, an essential uh, power set in there. I don't know. I've always been kind of so-so on the Psylocke. I mean, I don't hate her, but you know, I always thought she was kind of a cheap character. That's just my, right. my opinion. And that. Rachel's, yeah. Rachel's gone, and Rachel. also, which is why they lost their telepath, so they did need exactly. another one. Exactly. Pre-Ninja so, Psylocke, yeah. uh, Brother Beavis. Um. Yeah, this is this is an interesting era for me because the first book that I um, actually bought in real time was 274, which is the one where um, Rogue in Savage Land gear is uh, is hanging oh, on Magneto. Pimp, yeah, Pimp Maggie Mags, um, yeah. and then I <laughs> then I bought back from there, and so a lot of what I was sort of like discovering episodically in reverse was mm-hmm. this team. And so right. it was weird to like read from the end where they actually were sort of legit um, up to this point where they're kind of, kind of crappy. But I think this is another yeah. case where their reliance on all the other books, the new mutant, like Psylocke is introduced in, in new mutant annual something. And so there's right. the, the, the expectation that you're going to read all these things to get the story, I think kind of hampers it. But I mean, the, her her initial story with Sabretooth is all right. I, she, I, I, I didn't have an issue with it. She was obviously okay. not my favorite. But the other thing I think is funny too is like, you know, they build up Rogue and then in a few issues like Colossus just based on the fact that everyone else is gone. So it's like, uh, yeah, you, you Rogue, yeah. you were you were Paul Roma yesterday, but when Arn yeah. and Tully had to go to Muir Island, you're a horseman now. So. <laughs> Because like all of a sudden she's, the, exactly she's right. the best X Men just because everyone else left. So yeah, <laughs> you are now the vanilla midget. And um, yeah, I mean, and, and we're gonna get to hear her and Dazzler here in a minute. Um, and so we'll leave that. We'll leave that. So we'll take Betsy first, and then we'll as we get through the story here because of the other one. Uh, episode issue two twenty one. Uh, it's a great cover by the way with uh, Havoc's powers going crazy. Uh, the cover of the first page in is this full-blown view of Mr. Sinister, which I believe is his first actual full appearance. He'd been in the shadows before, yeah. but I think this is the first time you actually see him. Uh, we're going to talk about Sinister probably on a different podcast, so I don't want to go too far into this. Uh, he's one of my favorite ex-villains. I don't. I wasn't on the X-Men uh, Rogue podcast, um, but uh, I think he was on everybody's list, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah I believe so. I think so. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So again, we could spin it forward all the way up into the into the later books where Sinister is, you know, the person that one behind the mutant mass or behind the 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 Morlock massacre. He's also, you know, allegedly had Gambit, you know, under his thumb and helping the Morlocks or Marauders find the Morlocks. Blah blah blah. So this book and introducing him has long-reaching effects on the X-Men comic books or whatever. But it's it, funny it's because, just, like, he is personally powerful, but, right. um, you know, he acts through other people. Like, he doesn't yeah. he doesn't bother to get his hands dirty, even though he can't. And, and, you, and you get a chance, and his introduction is, you know, a, 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 a pinfall non-championship match victory against his, like, lesser ends here because he comes in and he's like, y'all suck. Um, you all suck. Yeah. All you needed to yeah, do was kill a human. Y'all killed a bunch of more like you can't hunt down one human, which is Madeline Pryor, which we'll come to here in a bit. And uh, when Sabretooth tries to buck, 
Uh, he's <laughs> yeah. the, the Darth Vader choke slam. I mean, he really does, and like kind of puts him down like completely. And you know, it was like, don't mess with me. Y'all need to go kill and find Madeline Pryor. Bada bing, bada boom. That's it. You know, I like so, how he I has mean, thigh high boots and booties. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a pimp outfit. And what that is a pimp outfit. And, and like, and and like Ultimate Warrior frills, like hanging from his back. Yeah, I mean, he's got it Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, and yeah, in the half, in the half chain mail armor too, but not on the, you know, only on the top, not on the bottom, you know. Yeah, yeah. he's he's a pimp. <laughs> I like it. So yeah, yeah, so there, that's the first part of and the I book, got, and then he, and I got diamonds, bitches. I got one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our first introduction to Sinister, who does not make another appearance again uh, for a few issues. Um, Madeline Pryor is back in the book. Um, It's going to come up again. Uh, Scott Summers is literal father of the year. Um, This is peeling off into X Factor here, where Scott and the original team of X-Men, we'll call them X-Men Blue, I guess, the original team of X-Men have formed X Factor, and he has left his wife, uh, Jean Grey is back alive, and he is traipsing around the world with the other members of X Factor, with his baby, and no like <laughs> sitter or anything like that. <laughs> hey, we're about to go fight these mutants. Go put the baby in the corner with a pinky, and that's pretty much it. Um, you, you remember when we all said like how bad they ruined Cyclops, and this was yeah, yeah. Of and, yeah. this is the start uh, of it. You know, I read the bad books so that the Brothers Comics listeners don't have to. And I was Preach. going back and reading some of those X Factors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not. Maybe they didn't ruin him. Maybe he was bad a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> those books are like he's like so self-loathing, and he's ready to toss it in, yeah. and everyone's pissed at him. And then they're like yeah. thinking about how sad they are for him. Oh, it's just it's hard. It's just so hard to read. Yeah, yeah, those early X Factor books are a slog to get through. Some of them, they, they can make like, a WB a series with X Factor. Put it that way, they could make uh-huh. WB with everybody hating each other and wanting to hook up, but being conflicted and getting lied oh, to. Mm-hmm. In a straight yeah. WB series. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Yeah, yeah, the early parts of it are bad, and it was. I don't. And I mean, shoot, I know. And Sandman took me to the comic book store a bunch of times to go get those books. The idea of the original team being together was like, man, this is so freaking awesome. But, um, yeah. I don't even start reading. I don't even start reading my X Factor book. Good for. What does Beast do? What does Angel do? Yeah. They are an underpowered team. That's part of it. it. Yeah. They really are. (laughs) I don't even start reading those X Factor books until Archangel gets, like, created. Yeah. I mean, he actually became useful. Yeah. Finally. Yeah, yeah. It, it takes a long time for those books to actually make any sense. Um, so anyway, the book shifts again to back to the danger room now. Uh, Dazzler's on the team. She's training in the danger room. She's got yeah. – and again, I wish Hutch was here. Dazzler has powers that can – she takes light and turns it into – or sound and turns sound. it into light energy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she shoots, like, laser beams of sound at people. It, it's, it's such – it's – 
I mean, again, it depends <laughs> on how you feel about Dazzler. The character here is much better than when she was the disco queen, that's for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And this is character is the basis for the pride of the X-Men character as well as the, the video game that came out of that as mm-hmm. well, like maybe four or five years later. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's un... You know, it, it had some long-reaching goals once they put her onto the team, so... But yeah, so her she's training in a danger room. Her and Rogue don't get along from previous battles and other books. Um, just saw some female shit, really. And you know, you tried to kill me. Well, I'm sorry. I said I was sorry. That don't make it better. I mean, and that's really basically <laughs> what it is. But they're gonna hug it out here in a little bit. Um, the other shift in the book is to this thing that I'm about to get to. Is now, as Brother Beaver said, Storm is on her way to try to find four to allegedly <laughs> <laughs> then this is going all the way back into the time where she lost her powers one as well as uh all the stuff with Najee when he when they were trying to defeat the dire race before Ron <laughs> Nays, gets the, you call it corn. Thank you. <laughs> and 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 he opened up a dimension <laughs> which let a demon in that has possessed him for the last what are we shooting at here? 50 issues? No. Thir- no. 35 or so issues? A long time. So, yeah, mm-hmm. like 185. Is 201 was where she took the Intercontinental title off Cyclops before he, <laughs> had, before he left for WCW. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was definitely a Jeff Jarrett moment for him. Uh, <laughs> losing <laughs> um, so, he, um, so, and so since he opened that dimension, like his – his um, intentions have been um, evil, uh, but hidden at the same time. So mm-hmm. as a part of that, she's trying to get her powers back. So she contacts the only person that she knows, because, you know, all you know, Native American people must know each other. They'll know each um, other. <laughs> <laughs> They're on Native so, American Facebook. Yeah, exactly. And so or, I guess it's goes, Native American Twitter, right? Yeah, that's right. So she yeah. goes out to wherever he is. I don't know that they even name checks. Oh, they're in the Grand Canyon. So she I think goes they, out to I think they met in – she went to Fort Freedom's Tower. Or not Fort yeah. Freedom's Tower. It's whatever in Dallas, his, right? Whatever his – no, because that's the – Fort Freedom's Tower is, is the Fantastic Four. That's Fantastic Four. Four. Whatever his forge, – the Forge's area in Dallas, Texas or whatever. That's where they met. And then he lures her out yeah. on the Vision Quest. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's another thing, of the Vision Quest. But anyway – so, <laughs> so Storm shows up, and again, this is just me being stupid. Storm shows up, and he's like, hey, you know, uh, you know, has to say that he's always of the shaman or whatever. He's like, we're about to get on our journey or whatever. So, all right. She's like, well, let's go. He's like, no, we got to walk. Leave the Jeep. She's like, uh, it's a rental. And I'm thinking to myself, hell yeah. I done paid all this quick rental fees. The hell we not going to drive it. You ain't fucking my credit yeah. score. Yeah, exactly. yeah, no, no shit. You know I paid 17 extra dollars a day for this rental? I'm going to drive this thing and beat it all to be damned. Of course I didn't wait. Yeah. It prepaid the gas. It prepaid the gas. Yeah, so I don't know yeah. why. Every time I keep coming across it, I keep chuckling. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, and there's uh, there's this weird kind of like, you know, is he is he good? Is he bad? Is he evil? Is he a horn dog too? Because he's always oh, talking about I don't stealing think, I think I think it is questionable whether he's a horn dog, but I think it's pre- they're pretty overt in the fact. I think even going back to when it happened, I think yeah. it's pretty clear that he is bad. Yeah. 
So, yeah, <laughs> I, anyway. So the book shifts back to Oakland uh, or San Francisco. Um, the X-Men know where Madeline Pryor is. She's in the hospital from her previous uh, encounter with, I think she <laughs> had an encounter with, was it wasn't Malice, it was... Um, she got jumped by Arclight and Scout Arclight. Hunter and maybe somebody else. Okay, and she somehow All escaped. Right. And again, we've talked about this before since Madeline Pryor got introduced. Her ability to fight people off you know, is that stuff, like, all this pre-Goblin Queen stuff, like, you know, the fact yeah. that she really wasn't just, like, some, you know, whatever woman, like, she had all this stuff inside of her, too, that allowed her to escape, I mean, because she, I mean, even moving forward from this, even, to, especially in the fall of the mutants, um, you know, she's pretty badass, and she can take care of herself. Um, yeah. So yeah, we yeah. find out why later on, but yeah. 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 Those will be some interesting books. Um, so, I yeah. want to draw attention to this uh, if we shift to San Francisco, this uh, the picture of uh, the upper right corner of the first page where it looks like Havoc's humping the chimney. Yes, he is definitely <laughs> sitting on there. <laughs> I never even noticed that you said that. The disadvantage of having a character in an all black costume. I had to look at him like, what? No, no, he's sitting on a ledge. It looks like he's like, oh, something. Yeah, he's like he's all up on the chimney. He's one of the more bizarre uh, uh, classic costumes, too, because already he's got that weird-ass thing on his head, and then he's I got this just, circle that any, no matter what angle you see yeah, him at, it's, it's, always it's in circle. the foreground. It's always strange. I've never, yeah. I've never liked his costume. I, I yeah, I can't decide if I like if it's cool and unique or dumb. I don't. I, don't I know. think it's just weird. It's just the yeah. funny thing too is like he spends every every panel he's on page. He's like. He's even more worried about using his powers than Cyclops. Oh yeah. God, he's a he's a Summers. Yeah, ain't no doubt about that. Well, and then the, the, <laughs> that's we're getting right into this now. That you know, it's it's getting to the point where they're about to have this, and and Wolverine has to check him, like, "Yo, man, yeah. like, you're this here." This is the beginning of a lot of that. Yeah. Not just yeah, with I him, mean, not with just Wolverine with Rogue too. He has like a rivalry with both of them yeah. for a while, and yeah. And the, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just saying the funny thing is, like, you know, he, later on he becomes what we all thought Cyclops was. You know, yeah. he becomes the great leader of X-Factor, and X-Factor, yeah. he leads the team for numerous years and successfully, where people yeah. look up to him and honor him. Whereas in yeah. here, I mean, he's, you know, coming back from, you know, uh, really off the bench, you know, to come back and join the X-Men, you know, he's struggling. And I think, Brother Beavers, you mentioned this before, with the Avengers, where they would used to bring in a character, I don't think mm-hmm. I'm worthy of the team. Oh, yeah, 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 they would yeah. do something special, mm-hmm. and then they would be, you know, like everybody accept them. And, you know, I think there's a little bit of this, too, because he's going to get a chance to actually do something here. And he does, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. in a sense, you know, at the end of a, it, in the 222. But anyway, yeah. the Marauders are back. Well, they the other thing that struck out. me about this stretch, too, is like, this is really sort of. Uh, the the storm and wolverine centric section of the book right. of the book which is mm-hmm. like the what killed in my mind the original run of the movie franchise like right. when it became Halle Berry and Hugh Jackman yeah, it almost wolverine seemed story. Like yeah. unprecedented but yet here is a stretch of books where those they were the principal characters right mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. one of them without powers Mm-hmm. You know, and which is going to get into the ne- in the next segment of this book, and especially into two twenty three. Um, yeah, so they try to fight. It, it, it's a classic comic book fight. It really is. Um, 
Sabretooth has gotten more scary as time went on from here because he was kind of taking some L's like mm-hmm. here. Like Sinister already <laughs> bitch slapped him. Rogue yeah. bitch slapped him. And, I mean, he, it's not like he – and I fight like I did it a few issues ago. I mean, it's not like he was this killer that he is now well, or in modern he did, he did in the Psylocke issue, he did take Rogue out in one shot. Okay. And so this was their payback. So this is their right. back of three. They split yeah. balls and then they have the third fight. It's <laughs> <laughs> a Magnum TA reference. Google it. Uncle, All right, Uncle, so, uh, Uncle Ivan Uncle Ivan might be involved in the third fall. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, rest in peace, Uncle Ivan, too, by the way. Um, so, you can't yeah. talk about so, wrestling with the, without rest in peace. Everyone in the yeah, no, yeah. no, not at all. Yeah. Um, so, for some reason, this killer that is, um, uh, who is that? With the guy? Scalp Hunter? Scalp Hunter. Hunter. Yeah. For some reason, he's got her dead to rights, and then Rogue <laughs> opens the door, and he's like, oh, let me not shoot her. Even though Sinister told me to kill her. Yeah. I could kill mm-hmm. her first, and then like, I mean, he's Rogue. No. He, no, he's literally seconds from completing the mission, and yeah, he just, yeah, oh, oh, exactly. Now let me put all my attention on Rogue. So. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't happen uh, again. Uh, the Goblin Queen ain't no bitch. Uh, <laughs> she ain't playing it, and she takes out a Marauder that many X Men have had a hard time taking out themselves. And um, you know, with a tray happen. with some Jello on it. Yeah, <laughs> 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 it ain't even red Jello. No, <laughs> no chair, man. It's red. So, um, yeah. So the the fight ends with uh, Dazzler shooting uh, from across the bay or wherever at him and knocking him down. Um, and then somehow, uh, was it Longshot gets into the hotel or to the who gets her out? Yeah, so I think it's no, not Longshot. No, man. not yet. Rogue gets her out. Yeah. yeah, Rogue gets her out. And again, all right. So right. we dealt with Dazzler before. All right, Longshot makes it onto the team. There's this whole bit with Mojo World and all that. And I don't know if that was told in Uncanny or in an annual. I, um, it, so he it, has his own series, and I haven't been able to take that hit yet. I read the first one, and it is pure gibberish. <laughs> oh, it's a six-part series. You, yeah. you really are so, taking off of the team. That one. I'm, I'm going to try and figure out why he's on the team, but he just showed up. Yeah. yeah. So this is the, but the Mojo World stuff is because Spiral is already here too. Spiral and is on. Spiral is on Freedom Force. Um, right? Freedom Force. Freedom and Force. then when they okay. fight them, they're he, she's going to recognize him, but he doesn't know why. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's there. So, what are your thoughts about Longshot? Remember, he's not a mutant, right? I was just I about think to say he's that. a mutate. He's not even a mutate like Deadpool. He's not a mutant. He's just an alien. <laughs> is that just correct? A guy. Pretty much, um, who's I, lucky for that? Yeah, who's very lucky? He's like he's got Scarlet Witch powers, kind of. Who's, in a way. Okay. Or Black yeah, Cat. Yeah, it's when when his motives are pure, cat. he has luck. He also has an empathic ability to read the past and future of things he comes into contact with. Oh Lord, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's, okay. He has, okay. A, he has three That's fingers random. on each hand. And he and he That's has right. he's like totally eighties. He has a killer mullet, and <laughs> he throws little blades. And he has a grappling hook. Okay. Yeah. So this is nineteen eighty six. Good lord. Um, so who is he's who like, is like Rob Liefeld would be like? Damn, I wish I could yeah. come up with something like that. <laughs> <I'm> coming <laughs> a bitch, man. 
He yeah. got some free cable like uh, yeah. pouches on him too. Okay, I think he actually does that. have like a sparkling eye as well. Yes, he does. And it's also, you know, <laughs> Rob Life. I'm like, man, he's this long shot. I should call my dude Short Bullet. Yep, <laughs> that'll cover it. Yeah, let me design him right now. Shatter um, Star. Yeah, exactly. So, where we been, knowing Claremont the way we do, uh, not that we know him personally, but we've been reading this for a while now. We've been so reading him a while. He's clearly modeled after some modern day figure of 1980 something. Like mm. that has to be what it is. And I'm trying to. I've been racking my brain is trying to figure Sting? out if this is modeled. That Stylus Sting was one of my thoughts. David Bowie. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. could be. Stardust. He looks like a yeah. younger Bowie, yeah. Yeah, because sense. it just makes sense. You know, his backstory oh, is not fully fleshed out too. yet. Huh? He has a purse, too. Should throw well, that out there. It, oh, could be Iggy, it could be Iggy Stardust, you know, from a distant planet, you know, whatever. I mean, it, it's just something like that, because, you know, he didn't just make this up on his own. Um well, like you know, he, he fills the Nightcrawler role, right? Like, so he has some, you know, surprising skills to fill in the gap. He's the he's the agile character who does acrobatics. But he's also the fish out of water character because he doesn't understand what's going on. He's just like mm-hmm. he's just a spectator in all this story. So he's a device yeah. for them to explain stuff to him because he doesn't know any better. It's just I don't know. I don't know why Longshot is is a thing. And I don't know how yeah. he got on the team. Yeah. He never he really goes, does anything. He was and a when fan he goes character away, anyway. Yeah, yeah, and when he goes away, he pretty much is gone. Like once yeah, he finally exactly. leaves that's the what I'm to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when, that, when, he's, when he's ever been back, except yeah, maybe in a manual or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. And when he goes away, he's gone. So yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, it's a bad character. Yeah. So the book goes through all these different parts of the fight. Uh, I hate, I hate that they keep referring to the Korean kid as the Korean kid. Do they all like they? Harpoon is also Alaskan, I believe. Some yeah, yeah, native, yeah. some first some about first peoples. Yeah, uh, the Korean kid is scrambler, right? Yeah, it's scrambler. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and um, so it, it everybody's fighting like in different panels. Again, Madeline Pryor, you can't is too legit to quit. She cannot be messed with at all. <laughs> and every time that somebody tries to get her, she gets a drop on them, and. It, it doesn't matter. Like, she's not going to be taken, and that's it. So there's another fight. Finally, uh, Rogue gets her out of there and starts to take her across the bay. Um, Wolverine had his powers scrambled, and then it leads to another little interaction fight. Uh, Wolverine didn't. With, uh, Wolverine got blasted by Cyclops, I believe. Cyclops? I mean, oh, you mean, um, oh, by oh, Havoc. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. The first Scramble step gets was again. Yeah. when Harpoon hits Psylocke, she side blasts the whole team, and then Scrambler hits Havoc, who blasts Wolverine. Okay. Right. Yeah, but I thought he, uh, and later then maybe he does scramble Wolverine, though. Maybe it's in the next issue. Oh, yeah, he does. And he's like, yeah, yeah. scramble these Cause we get a, bitch. Yeah, because yep. we get a really, another shitty Wolverine Sabretooth fight. Another one. Um <laughs> The other part of this is that's coming out of it is that Polaris is now uh, possessed by Malice. She's a part of the team. Uh, for those that don't know, Polaris and Havoc have a long-term relationship. At this point in time, does Polaris know that Magneto is her daddy? No. Uh, I don't well, think so either. Well, in the original run, I think that she, uh, 
So I think in like X Men one through sixty, I think when she was introduced, she mm-hmm. was. I think she might have been portrayed as his offspring, but then that was debunked. But she, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. And she right. really is right. One. She doesn't have a relationship with him, right? None, zero, not right. that I know of. Yeah, oh, Magneto got hoes in different area codes, man. He does. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah. he's, he's a, he's a family man. He's yeah, a family he man. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, put down that uh, Kemp, that magnetic mags. Yeah. yeah. No, I think by this time she realizes that's not the case. I think they settled that in her first run. Okay. So, well, yeah. Until, so, until she's a super powerful mutant. I've always yeah. loved the design of her, um, you know, and that is a bad character, but I've always loved the design of Lauren Tang. I don't know why. Um, but <laughs> the she, original or Malice? Cause not she the, original like a, the original outfit. No, no, no. I like a puffy Psylocke outfit. Yeah, yeah, I like that. For some reason on her, I always liked it. it is, I, again, I didn't get in the side like until she was a ninja. So, um, <laughs> I wonder why. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's another battle here that winds up ending with um, Dazzler and Rogue caught in metal uh, in, in the San Francisco Bay. And, mm-hmm. or, yeah, or, yeah, and needing to be rescued. Madeline Pryor, excuse me, and Rogue are caught in there. Dazzler with her. Uh, laser show powers winds up freeing Madeline Pryor, and then having not sure if there's enough energy to save Rogue because she went through that in the Danger Room battle earlier in the book, and you know being exhausted from using her light powers or whatever. Blah blah blah. Of course she saves her because if not, that would have been pretty fucked up. And um, the book ends, you know, with uh, Lorna Dane. Oh, don't app out on me, app. Help me out, people. The apped out on me. And Laura, this is where uh, Polaris is like ready to fry them while they're sitting in the water, correct? Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she yeah. Bet, yeah. So basically, Dazzler cuts loose Madeline Pryor, who who uh, Rogue had saved, and then she's trying to cut loose Rogue, and Rogue she doesn't have any enough energy, and Rogue's like, "You go, girl, you go, your best." And then she like comes back, and she's like, "I can't live myself out there." It's it's sort of like a brokeback mountain moment. It's like, please, I mean, Ugh. they were this close to being Marvel's first gay couple. I'm just saying. Rogue and Dazzler had something going on. Yeah. Yeah, that would have made sense. <laughs> but you also, too, you also, and I mean, you made a joke and a good one, but you also think, too, now, think how progressive this team is for 1987, mm-hmm. especially oh, yeah, this version. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know what you're about. Female leads on this. There's a lot team. of pros. Dazzler, Psylocke, and Storm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the, you know, and not secondary roles, even though Wolverine's pretend leader of the X Men at this time. Mm-hmm. You know, Storm yeah. is the real leader of Storm the X Men. Storm is the leader. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's fairly progressive. Yeah. You know, the mm-hmm. Avengers weren't doing that at the time. Yeah. I mean, they were and lucky with two. And not yeah. only that, but look how sorry the males are. Like, Longshot is a witch. Havoc's afraid of himself. Yeah, it's not yeah. good. <laughs> so this is where when Colossus comes back, Colossus is like an all star. It's like Hulk Hogan, like yeah, joining did. WCW when he comes. Yeah. <laughs> so that is I'm full of wrestling two- analogies. By the yeah, way, is, yeah. I was researching that Paul Roma joke earlier. Whoever yeah. wrote the Paul Roma Wikipedia page loves Paul Roma. I'm just saying. <laughs> Like, a lot of times, you can't get a very good history on a 
you can learn everything you wanted to know about Paul Roma on Wikipedia. I'm just good to know. Yeah, Google it. (laughs) Um, Google uh, worst four horsemen ever. (laughs) Oh, wow. See if his name comes up. No. It's actually intrigued now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I don't remember. So issue yeah. 222 uh, has another Wolverine Sabretooth cover. Uh, this one not as cool as the previous one, I don't nah, think. Nah, um, it was drawing this guy. Yeah. Also, the Wolverine's claws are like 10 feet long, too, but whatever. Um, the issue was titled Heartbreak, and then we forgot to – we didn't forget, but we, meant, we mentioned it early in the top about this being the Mark Silvestri era. Now, again, you younger listeners – will be like, oh, I never knew Mark Sylvester drew the X-Men. Well, he's going to draw it for a very long time. Um, yeah, it was his book for a while. And yeah. this is before Image, and uh, I think, what is his brand? I think Top Cow, I yeah. think is what I his, uh, his imprint was under, yeah, under Image. Uh, great artist. Right. Uh, it's going to be on the book for, he's going to be on the book for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I brother Reeves is probably Googling this right now to see how long like a, is. At least a 30, 40 issue run. Yeah, past he's got a good of, past Inferno, something like that. I think he was up, 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 yeah. up, up until Inferno, yeah. at least a long I mean, time. I think he's yeah. up there, right up to the split, or right up to the up to the Jim Lee era. Um, right, I mean, right, right up to it, and that's what like ninety one ish or something. Uh, so two eighty one is the first Uncanny X Men with the gold with the original gold team. Okay, right. Okay. Okay. 272 oh, yeah. is, uh, I think that's the extinction agenda or the end of the extinction agenda, unless it's 262, something like that. But Jim Lee was at least doing the covers of like 274, 75, and they had some other like fill-ins. But yeah, he's like he he goes at least into like 250, 260. And if you compare his art, he's he looks like a, he's a I've always he's a cleaner version of John Romita. Yeah, you know, at least this version yeah, of him. Very, when he gets later on, he completely so. changes his style. But he's a very clean John Ramita. Um, it's very similar when you look at it. Um, yes, it is. Is a, is a yeah, fan so. of cheek, a fan of cheekbones, just like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and accents too, uh, or accent marks on on faces and other body parts. Um, but yeah, so this book issue started heartbreak. Um, it opens up as it ended with Polaris about to fry both of them inside the San Francisco Bay. Uh, there's a long soliloquy by Chris Claremont at the beginning talking about mutants. Uh, if you've ever read any of these books, you've read that soliloquy before. Um, but before she can get the drop on him, she gets hit with a plasma blast. Um, it looks like Hawk Havoc's signature. That's pretty much, and then she's knocked unconscious. It's funny. There's like, well, it didn't really hurt her, but it knocked her unconscious. I'm like, huh? I like when they're laid out on the beach all face down. <laughs> 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 yeah, wait, I'm going to like the next part or whatever. So Rogue makes the save for everybody. They're all tired and they're all laid out on the beach. Um, and then uh, the police have been called, naturally. Okay. So <laughs> they're, catching a, they're catching a ride. Yeah, they're catching a ride. Yeah, they, they, yeah. we get a ride? When, uh, if, if you look at Havoc in the back, he really looks like Deadpool <laughs> at the start of Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> The taxi cab with the dude. He's just sitting there, like, so sad with that freaking thing on his head. It's just like, let's kind of make him Magneto, but not. I don't know what we want to do with this dude. Um, the, the worst part of this yet is it's in San Francisco, a freaking dirty Harry's driving the car. 
That's <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Clint Eastwood's driving the car. Uh, yeah. And you know, I'm reading this and trying to do it in my best Clint Eastwood verse. And the lieutenant's putting her in a job. No, you know, it's just so bad. You know, and fuck Clint Eastwood, by the way. But um, it, it's just it's it's funny that they're taking a, a a police car to go get them, and. When they do, they don't even get it to the beach yet. It shifts back to the beach. And then, I, for whatever reason, this callback is, and y'all might have to help me out. Okay, so in 181, when the X-Men came back to Earth after the original Secret Wars, and we did a podcast on that, by the way. You can search for it. Um, you, the X-Men land in Japan. In Japan. And there's a... Yeah, there's a group of kids that are like, hey, heroes. Yeah, they got yeah, a hero yeah. book and whatever. Exactly. in Japan. So yeah. now they're in San Francisco, which again has mm-hmm. a high Asian population, especially Japanese. For some reason, the same damn kids just happened to be on the beach where they yeah. dropped out again. <laughs> like, is, is that, that did not go unnoticed. Any yeah. callback yeah. that this came up again, like, because this was not random. You wouldn't think. I don't Anybody? know. Is it something? I, is I it have something? To... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I have to assume it's like these kids were based on like somebody he knew, and they yeah, stuck back in for fun. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so it's just a, 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 a Easter egg for three people. I guess. I mean, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it's yeah, it's strange too because when I saw that, just like you said, I was like, didn't we see this in some bizarre issue? Something that's like, oh God, yeah, yeah. The one with the dragons when they came back. From yeah, the with the dragons. <laughs> and, yeah, they had the weird book. And, I, and I, at the time, I busted off. I was like, yeah, this is some kind of Japanese thing. Because, yeah. like, Godzilla weird. in the book. You had mm-hmm. you know, some, some Gundams, and they had the X-Men in it. So I was like, okay. Yeah. I don't get it. They had a, it, yeah, their yeah. hero book. All right. So it's, a it's a whole page. It's a whole page, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, her picture, her profile, and. I'm probably her life story or something. No, I mean, I they, this kids like these kids get a whole page of this book. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. It just doesn't make That's, any sense. Like the callback doesn't strange. make sense. Yeah, it's, it's a just, strange like pit stop. I don't know what the deal is. It's got to be something to do with that though. With Claremont, I don't know. It's Claremont and again. We'll see him in another con and ask. All right, so <laughs> they're, they're on the beach. They're trying to recover. Uh, Polaris is still knocked out. And then for some reason, there's this weird scene where she's like, man, I'm tired. I guess I should get some energy. I'm going to just take the sound out of everybody's mouth. Like, you know, like, okay. Like, I mean, it just, <laughs> like they were really trying to give Dazzler something to do to kill that memory of her riding on roller skates uh, with them big yeah. glasses on, brother. Well, I think, I, mean, they're also they're... Trying, I think they're also trying to show how inexperienced the team is, right? Yeah, so yeah. She's like, she's like oh, I didn't know. I didn't Oops. know stealing people's words would be upsetting for anybody. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, Havoc has to make the discovery that his woman done gone bad, you know, and not in the, hey, won't you put that on kind of bad, you know, just a cat woman bad. No, she went real bad. And um, why she's possessed. And the funny thing is, too, I mean, you're talking about the inexperience. Okay, she's about to get the drop on Dazzler and Rose, and he, she just gets shot out of the sky. Like, He's like, man, let me just see who I hit. <laughs> man, I don't know who I hit, but I hit somebody. So, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, so let's, let's take a, a real quick side topic here, too. This also gets back into kind of current continuity about how they portrayed Havoc in, well, I guess we, he made it into two, three movies. 
he's in Days of Future Past, yeah. he's in First Class, and he's in Apocalypse. Um, you know, what's your take on movie version of Havoc, Brother Beavis? Well, so they had to, so they reversed the age, right? He became the big yes. brother. So that, was a brother. That, was, that was a weird thing. They, so they captured his, I really can't control my powers um, mm-hmm. without, without a suit. I mean, he didn't really do anything. And then his weird sort of sacrifice in the last one was just yeah, sort of to get rid of him. I don't think he amounted to much. <laughs> right. But no, uh, but about uh, the same token, I think they were constrained to like, well, we have you know we we need to tell a story and we can't take a dump on the movie continuity. So who do we have left? Yeah, yeah, it's bizarre <laughs> because they they did the the exact same thing to Cyclops in X three. They just uh, we need to kill somebody, so they they kill off a Summers brother, and that's <laughs> I don't know is it a thing they have against them? They just want to. Get well, rid of them. I, mean, I don't know. It's, it's a bit strange. But it, but then, I mean, it, whether it's foreshadowing or not, then you make his powers look like Cyclops' powers anyway. I mean, I oh, yeah. name-checked him with Summers or whatever. But if you were going to do that, especially if you're kind of recasting the whole team there, why don't you just put Cyclops in it? You know what I mean? That's what I was like, thinking. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the continuity is all messed up at this point anyway, yeah. so it wouldn't have mattered. And you're like, yeah. oh, you know, it would make sense if Cyclops, you have Cyclops, Beast, I mean, Angel, air quotation marks, mm-hmm. uh, on the team. Yeah. You know, it just kind of makes yeah. sense. Yeah. You know, they've, they've and never I had, don't know why. Yeah. They've never had the proper original X-Men all at the same time in the book yeah. universe. So, yeah, I don't know, that's Ken Burry. Oh, yeah. He thinks he's so much smarter <laughs> than right. the people that did the comic, and he'll just throw anything together, even if it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, I just yeah, and then I and think the they character. were I think they were constrained to start the fran the film franchise. I think they were constrained because they had to put together a popular lineup, and then at that yes, point they, they they made the decision to like you know sort of try and work within those bounds, and so yeah. you know they were they were kind of stuck. I feel like they they try to do the best they could in some regard. Well, who the hell popular really is Havoc? You know, and well, but, but, but no. Once, but once you've once you go back in time from the from you know, so you start with a hybrid team. Now you go back from time. Who do you have to work with? And yeah. So then it's like, yeah. well, do, do we, you know, do we populate a team with with Darwin and Angels of the world uh, and just make up <laughs> right. characters that nobody cares about, or do we? You mm-hmm. know, we're looking at you, uh, Darwin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So maybe yeah. maybe they would have been better off to go like Sunfire, Banshee, Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they go that route. Yeah, why didn't they fill do in the blanks? Yeah. Or you know, they had already so yeah. Or even yeah, they had yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I, it, I think it, it, it was it was sort of make the best of what you can at this point. Yeah. Well, can we yeah. also talk about how Darwin, the dude who adapts to survive, is killed? But whatever. Um, Yeah, like, really? Okay. Uh, Anyway, Mm -hmm. so his movie version is really not that great as it moves into, uh, when he moves into Days of Future Past, he gets, you know, he has to get saved by Mystique, um, you know, and he's only in the movie for that little moment at the the Vietnam camp or whatever. Uh, He doesn't make it back. And then they give him the the mullet in the 80s. Mm -hmm. when they he drives Scott him, to the school. 
Yeah, yeah it drives Scott to the school. So uh, eventually, you were going to get the putting Cyclops in it. I don't, I don't really know why he just waited so long to begin with. Um, you know, because then he's not he's not even there on the tee, you know, when they do the money shot at the end there, which sucks. I just watched that, by the way, maybe two weeks ago. That movie sucks. Apocalypse. Yeah, that movie oh, was terrible. Oh, it sucks. I hated it. I hated it. Awful. I mean, There were wow. parts that I liked, but as a movie itself, it's a bad movie. There will be monuments as to how bad that movie is uh, structured, you know, uh, built on the, on the ruins of ancient civilization yeah. about how bad it is. Um, but I like all the weird scenes where they're like, somebody is like all emo and then the rest of the horsemen are just standing in the background sort of like either posing or observing something. Yeah. Standing around. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, or like when they, when they do get to the, you know, to the final boss uh, battle, you know, everybody, somebody's about to do something, then they come in with their freaking uh, Marvel semi-gloss foiled card pose. <laughs> Storms out <laughs> in. And then, oh, I'm cutting up a card because I'm Psylocke. Like, and it's like, this. Uh, uh, so, anyway. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I digress. Alright, so yeah, so the Japanese, they all are the same, and they travel between San Francisco and Japan, apparently. Um, Rogue is <laughs> On the search out for Madeline Pryor, um, so they have their little hug out moment. We're like, I would have saved any X Men. Like, well, you saved me, so you know, nanny nanny boo boo bye, and she flies off. Yeah, so she's <laughs> 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 <It's> like, <laughs> I hate you times infinity plus one. Bye, and then she flies off, and yeah, so she she sucks up all the sound. Uh, Polaris turns bad, and then before the book shifts back to the Grand Canyon, um, and Nazi. We we're not I'm I'm pronouncing this wrong, Brother Beavis. I would assume it's Nays. Nays? But, yeah. Nazi. Anyway. So um, yeah. <laughs> they get to Who I mean, what? how did Naze Davenport who pooped in some girl's closet? How did he spell his name? I th- that was Naje. <laughs> Naje. Yeah. That was that A J. Close. Yeah. N A J E apostrophe. Yeah. Right. So I would assume it's Naze, and I would also assume he's not pooped in the closet. I don't believe it. Uh, maybe after well, he got possessed by the adversary. But. Maybe they're uh-huh. in their on their vision quest, and I'm waiting for the <laughs> scene where they smoke smoke some peyote. Like, where is that scene at? Well, um, he, they right. to that. I feel like he does that. He does. He gives her like <laughs> a, he gives her his essence. Yeah, yeah that essence. <laughs> Take my essence. But they do what every book has always done to get people to, to fall for it. Let's send a white damsel in distress. Oh, what's <laughs> There you Boy, go. scared white girl here. We got to stop everything. I'm going to stop eating this chicken. We, everything <laughs> is going to stop right now because there's a distressed white girl. Of course, these, it's not a distressed white girl. These, they, <laughs> these feel like some ROM villains right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. It's feels like Chris Claremont was on Spirit Animals before anybody else was on Spirit yeah. Animals. Yeah. Uh, right. I would like to point out that the white girl has like heels and fishnet stockings. I was going to say that too. Yeah. And they're in the, they're in the mountains, correct? They're yeah. isolated yeah. in the mountains, I believe. Yeah. This storm is like in the uh, a girl. Yeah. And, and they didn't wilderness? they didn't is see that, that as a problem. Yeah. <laughs> surroundings. I, I, yeah. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much y'all watch Blackish, but there was an episode from, I think it was this season, 
where Dre, the uh, which I think was Anthony Anderson, he works at an advertising firm or whatever, and and he was going to get onto an elevator, and he gets onto the elevator, and there's like a two-year-old white girl by herself, like a baby, like on the elevator by himself, or by herself. And he's like looking, and nobody's around. And he lets the elevator door close and lets the you know lets the baby go. And you know, he's telling the story. Like all the white people are like, uh, what in the world? Why would you let the baby sit? Like you know, looking at the security, but you can see her her soul get sucked out when you close the door. And all the black dudes is like, oh yeah, no, you're not getting me. Mm-mm. Yeah, ain't falling for the baby on the elevator trick. That's right. That is exactly this right. This scene reminded me of that. Like, nah, I remember the last time I saw a baby on the elevator. I <laughs> the old elevator baby on the elevator trick. Yeah, yeah like that white baby free. on the elevator. This is that scene. It's like a white girl appears out of nowhere in a skirt, some stockings, and some high heels out of nowhere in the middle of the weird. I'm not falling for this. I'm running the exact opposite direction. Well, like three Man. issues prior to this, she gets stuck with, she gets saddled with some other girl to fight uh, whatever they're called, Stonewall, Crimson Commando, and Super Saber. Yeah. She she has to like take this other girl through the woods, and now she's out here stuck with another white girl in the woods. Yeah, another white girl. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, she's like, no. she. If I was Storm, I'd be like, God, no, God damn it, no. I almost got killed no. the last time. You're on your own, bitch. You on your own. Hug up yeah. on me. You need to get the fuck yep. out of here. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. but they are. They are, uh, but her mammy animals. instinct, her mammy instinct, okay, it takes strong. over always. Yeah, it As takes always. over always. And there's their Native American like character, evil, whatever. Uh, the dude gives his the Scooby Doo uh, reason as to why they're doing this. At some point, they're possessed. Like they're they have a vulnerability of uh, fire. Uh, they're the eye killers. That's E Y E killers. Yeah, I'm like okay. Uh, one turns into an owl. <laughs> He's but, all like, to save you from the wrath of the eye killer. Yeah. They're like, they're like, uh, who? Who? Did they even? Re- uh, did, he, did Claremont I, I, even I, read that when he wrote it? <laughs> Man, sounds, maybe that sounds. Oh, that sounds so so weird. But the here, the there's a there, and they're a brother sister tandem, and as the one is in the firing up, they, she gives her Scooby Doo reason as to why. Long before the white man's presence tainted the land. This is awful, by the way. Long before the white man's presence tainted the land, it was our domain. It's people whom you call Indians, air quotation, are rightful prey. Oh, so, so they just killed the Native Americans and shit. Right, well, it wasn't a white man. You know, with the small fox. It was the eye killers. It <laughs> yeah. wasn't me. It wasn't me. That's some revisionist <laughs> history right there. Like, no, 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 no. We didn't take your land. It was the eye killers. Mm-hmm. No, we didn't bring out them diseases. <laughs> Committee half, half out. Mm-hmm. You shoot the eyes out. Yeah, it was them. Yeah, it was them. Yeah. So yeah, it it just this bad. It just uh, it's literally a story. And there's a there's a panel in there. I'm, again, I'm looking at the page. It literally looks like Storm is fighting the fucking chicken hawk from Foghorn Leghorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, so sure. <laughs> it's like okay. Well, I was like, well, you know, Chicken Hawk, he is, you know, what do you say, bro? Chicken Hawk probably fight on Incredible, probably. He's pretty tough. <laughs> she he's all, she's, he's buff. There's a panel here where she looks like she's about to put the Stone Cold Stunner on one of them. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, yeah, the, the page after she throws the flaming vest at it. Yeah. Uh, bottom yeah, left, she's is. got Stone Cold Stunner, my God. <laughs> 
Yep. It does look like that. Huh. There you go. I'll be damned. I'll be damned. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to post that somewhere. All right. We're good. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's that. Or, or Diamond Cutter. Depending oh, or Diamond Cutter, yeah. Okay. They defeat them. Uh, Naze is like, yeah, you know, it was a tough battle, but, you know, we might need to do the same thing for, you know, the Forge. And <laughs> but, uh, the Storm is like, okay, so I'm prepared to do the worst. And, you know, Naze has this uh, funny look on his face, you know, like because he knows that he's setting up his friend to be killed or his former friend before he got possessed by a demon. But anyway, back to the beach. Uh, Polaris is still possessed. There's a moment in time there where she isn't possessed, where Betsy is able to get her to not be possessed by malice. It doesn't go on for long because Vertigo throws everything into uh, into havoc. No error, no pun intended. And then, yeah, you're saying that uh, the dude that throws the uh, the harpoon, he's Native American too, huh? He, he's a First Peoples. Yeah, First Peoples. Yeah. He's, he's Aboriginal. <laughs> I like something. how they drive up too, like every. Yeah. <laughs> drive yeah. to the fight. This is very not heroic. Yeah. <laughs> <Our car>. yeah. <laughs> it also opens up to like, where'd y'all get the car? And like, and how are you driving it and have vertigo at the same time? Like, that's kind of oh. weird too. Oh, I never, you know what? I didn't even, now, now, uh, he even has a Smith and Wesson 44. Yeah, I, I never even freaking... put that together. Dude, you didn't. That's freaking Clint Eastwood, man. Dude, I mean, all I, white people look alike to me. I ain't trying to figure <laughs> that out. <laughs> there's that, <laughs> but there's also, I mean, there's also, there's also the fact I'm that it was just some white dude. No, it's Clint Eastwood. Oh shit. Yeah, it's Clint Eastwood. So, and there's also right. the fact that, like, it's in San Francisco and all the stupid movies were there. Yeah, no, and I get it. I get it now. Yeah. Now? Yeah, 35 years later. So, after um, somebody pointed it out to me, 35 yeah. years later. It's all good. Right. You do that to us all the time, brother. The Smith uh, so, and 44 <laughs> Magnum has been yeah, called the most powerful handgun in the world. Yeah, yeah, you really for muslin. It can be yeah. unspeakably <laughs> deadly. Unless you see somebody who has magnetic powers, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you forgot about that, Clint. Uh, so, yeah, it doesn't work out. Uh, she winds up taking the bullet and sending it towards somebody else like her father would that she don't know. And um, Arclight, who's probably my favorite marauder, by the way. Um, does have the very lawler <laughs> sleeve. She does. Well, so does... Yeah. Uh, they kind of all uh, do. They all kind of all do have it. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. has it. That, the Amazon yes, they sleeve. Yeah, I hope that. Whatever era you want to go. Literally all do. Like, <laughs> yes. that's why they always say pop- tooth always gets punk because he has like two. Uh, he has like two sleeves on his shirt. <laughs> yeah, he can't save her up. <laughs> I hope the Marauders never pull the pull the strap down. It's on. Uh, uh, can't save her up. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So it does shift back as. Um, uh, Rogue is still looking for Madeline Pryor, which is kind of weird. Like they save her, and then she's like, is like floating off in the ocean or something somewhere because nobody ever picked her up. She's just right. like, yeah, yeah, floating, yeah, like okay, like, Wolverine can walk. Yeah, she yeah. Wolverine can walk forty miles. She's fought off sharks before already. Um, <laughs> she hasn't fought the shark. She hasn't fought yeah. the shark yet. Yeah, well, so, yeah. maybe she fought off Scott. Uh, uh, yeah, she, she, you know, she ain't she ain't nobody's bitch. I'm telling you. So, dude's about to get the drop on her with the gun, of course, uh, onto uh, Rogue. 
Longshot shows up. Well, whatever. I don't know why. He's there. Doesn't work <laughs> out. There's, uh, there's, well, there's uh, uh, Brother Beavis' favorite onomatopoeia. Butter, butter, butter. Um, <laughs> with the gunshot. Now, we glossed over this a little bit that uh, Wolverine has been appointed to be the leader of the X-Men while Storm is away on her vision quest. Um, this is Wolverine's first um, chance at leadership. And, you know, he's done his best. He tried to, you know, tough love with Havoc. And, you know, there's a line in there. I think he's like, I thought you'd be cut from your brother's cloth, but apparently yeah. not, you know. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's uh, my job. Yeah, as well, much as I hate him, I'd actually rather have Cyclops here, right? Yes, exactly. Um, sure. And then, and then uh, on this scene here, uh, long shot because he's not doesn't know what he's doing. He's just showing up, and he's lucky. Uh, he gets, you know, he doesn't get hurt or anything, but he, you know, winds up getting knocked off the bridge because of his uh, getting shot at. And then this is when uh, Scrambler comes, scrambles Wolverine's powers. Now, again, at this point in time, we know he has the healing factor, and we know he has the enhanced senses. But apparently, even Sabretooth, and they, they retcon this much later on, apparently Sabretooth didn't know that he had the adamantium uh Skeleton attack skeleton. or whatever. Yeah. So when they get so into the this way, fight, what does yeah. the five finger say to the face? <laughs> um, so he and again, it's like us. What probably ten little panels all the way, all together. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, a really no nothing fight that they built up on the cover That's... of this issue, the cover of another on two twelve. Mm-hmm. And it's really just, you know, I mean, it's That's not their much. pattern. That's what they're right. pretty much doing all their fights. They're, they're a whole lot of nothing. Might get two but or three you, good panels, maybe. But don't you think a lot of this is because of the nature of their powers? They couldn't make it as brutal as it could, Brother Beaver? Yeah, and you saw this in the cartoon, right? They did a lot yeah. of, like, grappling and then, like, pushing yeah, yeah. each other off. And a lot of throwing each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. and, and really, though, like, they're... They do have a couple exchanges, like when Wolverine gets injured in the first fight where he's protecting Jubilee. It was that was you know for cartoon Saturday morning cartoon is pretty hardcore, right. but realistically, yeah. yeah, like their yeah. their fights are you know there's a lot of off panel damage, like you know snicked where you know he did just stab him right in the heart, but yes, he did comic book style, so mm. yeah. So uh, the battle ends. He has to leave and get saved by Rogue. Um, they're going to look for Longshot, but again, Longshot's lucky. When he fell into the water, he just happened to come across Madeline Pryor, and he's saving her, <laughs> and he sends Rogue to take Madeline Pryor away from wherever they need to take her from because of everything that's happening. And the book just kind of ends on this Lorna Dane fight with um, really, Havoc, where he's saying, really you know, well, I could, yeah. you know, are you going to do something or not, punk? You know, she had to get off the mm. pot. You're going to kill me or not? Because I'm about to go away, and everything that happens na- after this point is your fault. And, you know, Havoc, in a, probably in a better, braver movement than his brother would have, you know, he the, the book ends with him shooting towards his, his lost love, or his long-lost love. Um, and then that's the end of 222. You know, I mean, and again, we're being nerds all the time when we do these things. Like, these are actually decent books. Like, I'm, like I was reading them, and I'm like, oh, these are especially coming before some of the books that came before. And I was like, you know what? These are actually pretty decent. What do you think, Sammy? 
before we get to 223. This is actually a pretty good book. I was uh, looking back uh, at these last couple of books. This is um, a, a nice outside tale with the Marauders. I mean, you know, they still got a huge score to settle with the Marauders. So it's kind of like almost like a, a, a rivalry between the two teams going on. And let's face back, face backs. The X Men are really taking an L on power wise on this team they've got right now yeah. against the Marauders. So I mean, just. The ability just to battle them to a standstill, especially with the uh, newbies they got on the team, yeah. is um, actually kind of impressive, you know. And, and then you got all the crap between uh, uh, Havoc and um, Polaris slash Malice, you know, also. So, hey, <laughs> they walked away alive at the end of the day. They should be happy. Yeah, it's, right. um, yeah, it's a good book, actually. A couple of good yeah. books. They do work a very long program here, to use another wrestling mm-hmm. uh, term with the Marauders because it's been going on for over a year now. Well, just mm-hmm. about a year from two. Well, yeah, about a year now. Um, so, okay. okay. 223 opens with a weird, weird cover uh, with Storm, again, fighting against some sort of snake-like figure with Naze in the background. Um, but that doesn't tell you what happens when it gets into the book. <laughs> the next part of the book is <laughs> the title is Omens Importance. We don't. We lose Mark Sylvester here for this book. Yeah. We get, uh, I don't know this. I don't Harry know this Gamel. Yeah. Never heard of this person before. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and we kind of skipped over those books too. Uh, in the early 200s, um, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants has now, because uh, Valerie Cooper was working with Raven Darkholm, they've kind of transitioned this relationship from the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants into Freedom Force. And now Freedom Force is taking on some new members, or the Brotherhood is taking on new members to fight against mutants for the government or whatever. And the president's assistant, I'm looking at this and thinking of um, like kind of modern times. I was like, oh, that's Kellyanne Conroy. Um, (laughs) Some new mutants, uh, or some new members of Freedom Force to the team. Um, And then there's, I mean, Stonewall, Crimson Commando. I mean, Straight up '80s villains, would you say, Brother Beaver? Well, they were, you know, they're sort of cast as like '60s or '70s villains, then brought in the yeah. past. The one that stands yeah. out for me is like Spiral. I like, I don't, I don't know enough about that whole thing to understand why Spiral is part of this. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, weird. That's a good. And, yeah. Because they already have question. Destiny, or you know, to be that kind of weird character or whatever yeah. that can see things, mm-hmm. and then you know, to put her on the team is kind of weird too. And uh, there was a period where Spider Woman was on Freedom Force, but I haven't read yeah. enough annuals to That's read that story either. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm looking at this Carrie Gamble person. This is um, this is lightweight John Byrne. Like you could tell um, that mm. this was whoever that person is was trying to copy. If you look at the panels, it's not. Yeah. It's very it's not nearly as good, obviously. Yeah, it's Byrne. I can see it. I can see yeah. it. Yeah. But basically, yeah, they're introduced to the team. There's a scene where Spiral has to go out and get the fast dude. Now, Avalanche has said, forget it. He's not on the team anymore. He's a gardener. Um, I think he like, is, but he just has an interest in gardening. I don't, that was the part I was trying to figure out. Like, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first half of this book, I mean, it's, it's really just leading up to a scene where Destiny's like, oh, yeah, by the way, um, like the X-Men are going to die. Okay. You know, and there's obviously there's this relationship that's been built up over time where, you know, she left the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. She believes Mystique is her mom. 
And um, so that, that was just building that scene up for something that's going to happen in a few books later. Um, back in the woods in the Grand Canyon or whatever on Vision Quest, there was a movie Vision Quest, right? Isn't that the movie where uh, mm-hmm. Matthew whatever is a rapper? Matthew, and Matthew Yeah, and Linda Fiorentino yeah. gets naked, right? And Dio's on the soundtrack. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I saw a dude the other day, uh, a black dude no less, with a Ronnie Dio shirt on, bro. Nice. So, wow. I was like, wow. The fact that you're wearing that, and the fact that I know who that is, is <laughs> fucking Respect. crazy right now. Yeah. Uh, worlds are colliding, sir. Um, so, yes, Maze is there, and she's learning how to fit. It's just, you know, it is what it is. But he's also been. He's sick because he might have been possessed by the eye, you know, the crazy eye killers. Eye killers. Um, and he's, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And he gets laid out. Um, and, and it's basically this. And then it shifts to another thing. Like, it's like hey, what is this book doing about yeah. um, about the, the mutant problem again? And, you know, something yeah. like if my kid was a mutant, I'd kill it. Yeah, but I have a black friend. Don't kill yeah. me, I'm racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's a guy writing a story, I guess, for, you know, and it's so funny because this is like, you know, Queens before gentrification. You know, it's just blue, working-collar people, you know, whatever. It was like, yeah, about that. Um, it's, just, it's just a mess. It's just a real mess. You know, it's like, hey, man, we're different skin colors, but, you know, we're all the same. Except for them yeah. niggas. Yeah. Oh, my I love you know. the token guy right here. But he's yeah, exactly. <laughs> It was a solid token black guy too when um Dazzler stole the sound from everybody and he had a bone oh. black naturally. Yeah. Did he oh. did he have a uh a, a Rhodey esque Secret Wars uh statement to make? No, he didn't because he couldn't because he took his words. Well yeah, but so, they uh, showed her they showed his words going into Oh, her. did I uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. I don't remember. Yes. Yes. He oh, he had a wide man. nose set though. Uh mm. so he, he did fit the description <laughs> of many crimes in San Francisco at the time. Um, so yes, when we finally get it back to San Francisco, finally, after numerous pages or whatever, um, everybody's on the, their training still essentially for whatever battle is to come. And we have long shot learning and trying to do things. It's just, this book is quite, quite the filler. Would you say brother Beavis? Yeah. 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 It's just, I mean, there's really not a whole heck of a lot going on other than the fact that Wolverine's trying to tell them that they suck. Like, y'all suck. (laughs) And if y'all don't stop sucking, we're going to die. And so there's this, like, little training thing. It's just a hot mess, you know. But Rogue's not playing that either. It, it, You know, it's such a letdown book from the two that came before it because I guess Sylvester needed a week off or a month off to be able to draw this book. But the good part of it comes near the end here where you get back to the stuff with Marilyn oh, Pryor. I thought the Go good ahead. part was going to be where Havoc cosplays as Big Hutch without a shirt. I thought that was going to be There's that, too. I remember. He's got I, the socks and the shorts. Yeah, he does. And he's got the Angels short shorts on from, like, 135. Um, but Yeah. My this is again my nineteen eighty seven reading and my two thousand seventeen reading. Uh, I'm watching this scene play out or whatever, and Havoc looking after his wife's brother, 
Uh, yep. 2007. His, his, his girlfriend just turned on him. Yeah, his, his girlfriend turned on him. We all <laughs> yeah. know how this ends. Yeah, I was like, this is going to end up on some... But uh, it doesn't, you know, because Havoc is a stand-up guy. Now, his brother, by the way, now, if this had been Lord oh, yeah. Dane, and the other way around, <laughs> no. I caught the smashing. <laughs> he would have felt terrible about it. He definitely would have had multiple panels talking about how that was a bad idea, but he would have still did it anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's because that's that like before, after, and during the Right. <laughs> yeah. See, I think we were wrong. Like, I don't think anybody messed up Cyclops. I think he was all fucked up. Through, you know? He was already messed up. Yeah. Noted. Yeah. He's just okay. a terrible person. Yeah. They, just a a they completely rebooted that character. Yeah. yeah. I, I, the, the Cyclops hate that is out there by the general comic book public, I just never got before. But <laughs> looking yeah. back, I get it. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I just, I didn't know people hated him so much. But looking like, back, I get it. Yeah. 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 I, I'm but again, I, yeah. our formative Cyclops is the dude in the like the Proteus saga, and uh, right. up until she dies, and then after that, you didn't see that it was so bad, but it was really yep. bad after that. Um, it was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Um, anyway, so the book shifts to more <laughs> spirit animals, um, like on this vision quest. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm flying through this book because really, it's just you know. Nothing really happens. Um, there's, there's a bear. Bear, there's bear a snake. snakes. Yeah, I the mean, vision quest is like yeah. a midget and a <laughs> dragon. I mean, it really is. I mean, you know, there's that. I mean, there's, there's a dragon in it. What am I talking about? Or a dragon-like creature. Um, but yes, we guess this thing. Is she thinks there's forge. It's really not. It, it, you know, the, the peyote was good. The peyote was hot. That's what we're saying. Like, she smoked it, and it was, like, some visions. I mean, that's pretty much it. But, yes, yeah. the, the book ends or shifts back to uh, this thing with Lorna, or excuse me, Lorna, Madeline, and ha- and Havoc, or Alex, attempting to really explain, you know, life as yeah. an X-Men, his life, why the X-Men is not really good for relationships, and, you know, it's just really it. I mean, it. But again, it it should have ended him in him like deflowering his his brother's wife. That's basically what should have happened. It doesn't. <laughs> Everybody's sad about that. At least I am. And that's pretty much the end of two twenty three. Like we took it up to two twenty three only because I didn't want to do up to two twenty four and involve the mutants to two twenty five. And that's kind of where mm-hmm. our big next event is. Uh. So yeah. So we get through those three books again. Short of two twenty three, brother Beavis. What? How? You know? What did you think of two twenty one and two twenty two? No, it's a. You know, we talked about the viability of the Marauders and what they were, and I think this is. You know, it's it's somewhat based on the weakness of the team that they have, but they they're really going out of their way to show the Marauders as a legitimate threat, and the brutality of the Marauders starts to shape like how the X Men conduct themselves. Like we didn't talk about it too much, but. Like the X Men were willing to like rewrite 
rewrite Havoc's memories to keep him mm-hmm. out of trouble. And they were doing all these things that, you know, they, they're sort of borderline behaviors because they're just kind of so pushed to the edge. And then they just sort right. of huddle up with whoever they get a hold of and start fighting back. And, and you know, the, I, this is this the lowest point of a of a team of misfits that I think you know goes on to some success. But yeah, it, this is you know this the sort of the start of the era. They had uh, you know after Giant Size, we had the 100 issues of the classic lineup, the classic creative teams, and this is you know 100 or more issues later, they're sort of going back through that cycle again. And one of the things we talked about before this was sort of how when we had a hard time finding big stories between Proteus and uh, and in the Dark Phoenix saga, it's 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 in a lot of the same ways here. It's like it's more about trying to build these characters up, and so the events and the villains aren't as significant. But it's you're really sort of piling on to these characters' story to make you care about them. Right, and I think mm-hmm. that that is a part of it. And but I also think looking back too, that even though I think some of the books and the events are kind of successful with this team. If we get about uh, 30 or so issues into this, and they're like, man, we got to bring some of these other people back because this is not – I don't like. I don't <laughs> think it's hitting. It. Yeah, I was like, I don't yeah. think this shit is hitting the way that it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. So we need to get some of these people back that we really have – like that we really – you know, that we know people care about. Um, right. You know, and like I said, when Longshot goes, he goes. When Dazzler goes, she Dawn. goes. Like, it's like, She's you gone. don't see them hardly at all, ever, anymore. You know, I saw Dazzler in our current comic book here recently. Longshot I haven't seen in forever. You know, and mm. then they just start to, intro- you know, and then their next wave of introducing some newer characters, they don't give you to them in bunches. They give you to them in bits as we get past in the 250s and 260s. When we get like a Ninja Psylocke or whatever, and then we get Gambit, you know, they start to introduce some piecemeal, and then putting the new characters or the old X Men back into it too. So it's like mm-hmm. you know, you get this new and old mix or whatever that trying to work that out as opposed to like, hey, you know what? Let's take away all the people that y'all loved and cared about for 200 issues and put in. We'll leave Wolverine there, but put him with mm-hmm. you know Paul Roma and some other folks. Well, Lex Luthor's about to come back into the story here. <laughs> yes, he Colossus. Yeah. About the vanilla music. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, our secondary topic today is not necessarily going to be a review as much. It was well, a review, but not like a, a panel by panel or issue by issue thing is the X-Men Blue and Gold. Now, we did the review on those books when they first dropped a few months ago. Um, and we did X-Men Blue and Gold. Uh, I was very clear from the start that well, when it first dropped, I was I was hype, and then I saw who the writing teams and uh, the artists were, and I was less hype. And then I read it, and I was kind of more hype for the blue book than the gold book. And the blue book is the classic X-Men team from the past that has come to the future, and then the gold book is the team led by Kitty Pryde. So we kind of read through the books or whatever the last couple of days here to get ready for the podcast to kind of get to it. Cause that they're both almost a half year in or almost six issues in because they've been doing like two issues a month. So X-Men blue, their team is a sort kind of sort of the leader of the team is Jean gray, but their kind of overseer, so to speak is Magneto who is kind of have his hands on the team. And the book has gone through, you know, some little stories here and there, but it's leading to this, I guess, confrontation in Canada. I think it was in Canada. 
uh, with essentially bringing back another, bringing in a Wolverine character mm-hmm. uh, yeah. from a different timeline. It was a James Hudson James or Hudson. Jimmy Hudson or something to yeah. that effect. And my thought process was why, if this was the classic X-Men team. But two, I mean, it was done fairly well, I guess. I mean, I mean, so what were you thinking after you – and I know you got caught up, Brother Beavis, uh, today. What were you thinking about X-Men Blue? Because they bring back yeah. the Sentinels as well. Yeah. Um, I thought, you know, this. I, I was trying to remember because they were like Bastion's a classic villain. And I was like, oh, let me yeah, yeah, remember yeah, what he yeah. actually did. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, I thought the – I liked, you know, their first story with Juggernaut was I thought was cool, and then the Sentinels, and then the fact that the Sentinels were mutants, and that so that was mm-hmm. cool. I, I feel mm-hmm. like bringing bringing a Wolverine is a cop out, and then mm-hmm. ironically, <laughs> right. when you read it and it's about these other Marauders and Miss Sinister, yeah. and there's actually a Malice, uh, the Malice like. necklace shows up. I was like, wow, yeah. that's that's ironic considering what mm-hmm. we're talking about. So. I feel like there's a lot of like a lot of com- homages and callbacks to the to the original X Men series. Yeah, I don't think they've really hit their stride yet, and I I do feel like it's a cop out to pull, put Wolverine in it. Yeah, it it, it just felt mm-hmm. like so like out of there. I mean, I, I mean because you have Old Man Logan, you have X twenty three, then you have mm-hmm. this person too. It's just like why do we have so many Wolverines? Mm-hmm. Never had yeah. that issue before. We had Wolverine and Sabretooth. That was more than enough. Uh, like yep. feral Canadians and Wild Child. Like that was more than enough. We didn't need <laughs> like all of these characters. And now, especially the, a character that are literally the same character just with different names and different timelines. It was just like, man, I didn't, I didn't understand mm. what the purpose of that was. And, uh, and plus, and, like his, why does his son have the metal claws too? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a stretch. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what did you think of Blue Sandman? I mean, there are things I like, and there are things I don't like. I, I do like the uh, uh, bringing back the uh, literally the original X Men when they were young, and going forward from there, and you know, they're uh, in this timeline. I thought that was intriguing. Uh, I actually liked the fact that having Magneto, their former arch enemy, really the their first enemy, literally ever kind of watching over them is, uh, you know, who knows what he's up to is, was, a wasn't a, was a cool twist to let's see where mm-hmm. they go with that. And some of the stories are a little weird. Yeah. I mean, it's, like you said, I don't think they've exactly hit their stride yet. Um, yeah. The, the straight when I saw the cover and I saw the, 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 the claws, I was like, Oh, please just let it be Wolverine, you know, just for a guest star. Nope. Completely oh. different Wolverine. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, and I just kind of let out this sigh. I was like, "Really? Oh, okay." Um, well, I mean, see where this and, goes. Yeah, yeah. And this is the book that I enjoy of the two of them the most. Yeah, I think like, I, I enjoy too. this one more than that because it. Yeah. I think it's much better written than X Men Gold, and we'll get into that too. Now, again, if you listen to this podcast or. Any other associated podcast with this podcast, <laughs> you know that uh, most of our feelings towards Kitty Pride are not positive feelings. <laughs> They're just not. Um, you can at me. You can you can hate me for saying the things that I say, but all X Men Gold has done is prove 
30 Sam nine years of comic books that I was right, that we were right, not just me, mm-hmm. that we were right. Yeah, it just you. Yeah. That this is a character that has been put in these books who is not worthy of the push that she's getting. And this is and X Men Gold is a full a hundred percent of this. Do you ever remember ever remember? And we've been doing these like recaps for almost a year now. Do you ever remember? A book being totally centered, essentially the 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 story is completely told through whoever the leader of the X Men is, save for maybe Cyclops. Early, I would say even the Storm stuff is usually the Storm stories are restore Storm off on her own, right, and discovering herself. Mm-hmm. They've turned right. this book and the art. That dude that got fired, and we talked about that on the podcast. And yeah, he was clearly tired of telling, collecting checks, and like, explain that one to your wife when you got home. Um, <laughs> what do you mean you got fired off that book? Yeah, mm-hmm. for what, nigga? Uh, so, um, <laughs> um, the book, and like, once it gets to, he only did the first. I think he maybe did he get the three. Three. I no, think he, he had he three got in the three. can. Yeah, he had three in the yeah. can. Right. But the book, like, and that's where it starts out. Like, they went through, who's the who's the bad in issue two? Like, this is the new Brotherhood of Evil Mutants or whatever. Yeah, and yeah which is really confusing. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And then they just disappear. Yeah. And a, a part of that a process was to... Um, Kitty wanting to use some of the new mutants to fight this battle as well. And this is where I thought the X-Books previous to this got themselves into trouble because you yeah. kept putting in mutants that nobody cared about. Like, we don't, we, nobody cares about any new mutants, let alone even these later ones that are even worse than the original new mutants. Yeah, right, yeah. And so you have this part of it too, and then you introduce... Now, like, and a couple of issues later, you introduce Gambit into this as well, who's not going to be on this team because there's another book that's coming out. Um, I, I, I have my hand up. I have my hand up right Go now. Ahead, sure. Go ahead, sure. Go ahead, Coach. I'm raising your hand. Can't sleep. Why, Go ahead. Why does Gambit have to wear the Jughead hat? <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good question. I am going to screen cap a tweet I sent maybe 72 hours ago that asked that exact same question. (laughs) I will put the time stamp date on it so that you don't think that I just made this up. But yeah. um, Yeah. And before we get to Gambit, and then there's the undercurrent of the, you know, we hate mutants. And then Uh, this lady is primarily like the, uh, what's that? I think it's Corbin, the, the prime minister, like some lady of, of, importance in England uh, that's essentially doing that character. But everything's told right. through Kitty. She gets the first line, she gets the last line. Everybody defaults and falls towards Kitty, who, again, hadn't been in the, hadn't been in X-Men for numerous years because she's been traipsing off with the Guardians, and they just uh-huh. put her back in this book and made her leader of the team, where you have all of these people on the team who could lead the team, from Storm yeah. to Storm to Nightcrawler. And Colossus mm-hmm. has never been given a shot to be the leader of the X-Men. What? Yeah, like, Anybody could have done this but Kitty. And I don't understand why the book is set, is so freaking centered on her. It makes no sense. The, 
I mean, yeah. I maybe mean, I could just be hating, but I don't think it's just me. Like I really don't. And and it's 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 so infuriating that it makes the book even less enjoyable. It makes it less enjoyable for me. I don't know about you, brother, but you just got caught up. Well, I mean, I just like I can tune it out. Like okay. I tuned out Storm for a long time, so like I can just read a book and just sort of turn a blind eye to that. The part that turned me off, like, I feel like, you know, with Blue, it's at least like a manageable scope and focus. The problem I have with Gold is, like, this story with the Nano Sentinel is, like, the world's going to end. Like, this is it. Everyone's going to die. But unless unless uh, Prestige releases her power in just a splash page, right. then the world will be safe. And this whole thing where it's like the the stakes are always the end of the world and then you just have to hit harder to survive. That's just, there's no, there's no, there's no effort in that storytelling. Yeah. 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 It's not good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's that's the part that I was like, and then Gambit's hat. That was, well, and then Gambit's also still in mother boxes as well. Yeah. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, so now they're fighting the, the the Serpent Society, too? I was like, what the fuck? The first book, they yeah. fought Terax, and I was like, well, that's kind of weird, too, but it's Terax, you know, he's got a great power set, even though he couldn't, you know, he couldn't be, can't beat anybody, but he has a great power set. I get it. The Serpent Society? Seriously? See, so Kitty could take out the entire Serpent Society on her own. The X-Men yeah. got to fight the Serpent Society. Yeah. I was like, man, come on, dude. It's kind of like just, the Wrecking Crew or something. Here. Got no it is a weak wreck. I think there's a joke yeah. in there about the Wrecking Crew. Or maybe, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's just bad. And, like, I don't, like, you they you hyped up these books. You called it Blue and Gold. You were call, recalling back to a much more successful, definitely successful in terms of um, financial and selling of books of whatever time. So you're trying to call back on that nostalgia, but you're given like a book like it doesn't it doesn't work. Like I, I'm fully behind the fact that to say that those books don't work. Like gold doesn't work. Like it's it's a bad comic book. It's a bad comic book. I'm saying it. Maybe mm-hmm. y'all can't say it. Dang it, I'm saying it. X Men Gold is a bad comic book, and it ain't just Kitty. It's part of it, but it ain't just Kitty. And so now you have your kind of you know, new X-Men classic team stuck in a book to me that's just not, doesn't work. And so now, of course, they're going to take Gambit out of this because he's not going to be a part of this. And they're going to put him in a different book, which I think is called is Astonishing or something like that. or Yeah, something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, it's Astonishing X-Men. It's going to be him. Uh, Angel, Old Man oh, Logan. God. Rogue. Um, of course. Oh, Jesus. Archangel, Old Man Logan, Bishop, Mystique. Is Old Man Logan going to be in both? Yeah. Yeah, because he's in this one too. Of course. Holy shit. Because you got to put him in every book. Um, Uh, Psylocke, Wolverine, Mystique, Bishop, Archangel, Rogue, Gambit, and some character I don't even know. Yeah, boy. And again, that team on the cover looks great. It does. I mean, like, okay, I could deal with that team, I guess. But it's, 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't. 
Yeah, and, and there was an article posted that after this next event, like they're in an event right now. I'm not even sure. Was it Secret Empire still going on? They're in yeah. Secret Empire, and then the next event that's coming up, that Marvel is going to slash like the number of books, like that they have, not the price. They're just going to slash the like yeah, the number, number of books that books. they're putting out. And you know, a, we've been saying that. On this, well, we've been saying this on this podcast for two years now. Um, that that's yeah, probably a great go. idea because you got way too many books at a four ninety nine mm-hmm. price cut, and no you know people just can't deal with it anymore. I mean, shoot, right. again, y'all. I mean, listen to this. Y'all know how I'm reading this, and it, I think <laughs> right. it's just you know I think that part of it, and you know, X books, Spider books, you know, they all need to be reduced down to like you know, to the essence, you know, it's like expansion in the NBA and NFL, man, you just dilute your product. And, you know, he's always going to have that Cleveland Brown team sitting out there somewhere or the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> like it's just going to be suck. Never, they just uh-huh. suck because there's too many freaking teams out there. And so I just, I'm just kind of curious as to what other think will think about this X, what was it called? X resurrection. Like, I'm just kind of curious as to oh, what resurrection. people have thought. Yeah. Resurrection. Yeah. Like I'm going to read the, yeah, I'm gonna read Hard the Jean Grey book. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna read the Jean Grey book at some point. I'm gonna read the Iceman book at some point. I may even read the first issue of Cable when it comes out. But I don't think that these books are hitting the way that they thought they were gonna hit. I mean, no. What no. would be your perceptions, uh, Sandman? I think they're repeating some of the old uh, mistakes they have in the past. I mean, they get. Um, they have a promising book or two. It's like, okay, I'll give this a chance. And then they just proliferate them with, uh, with like Wolverine. Like Wolverine was a member of the damn Avengers. He was a member of the damn X-Men, two or three teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like Spider-Man. Spider-Man, same thing. He was, he was on his own. He was with the Avengers. He was in uh, two or three other books with Venom or something. Like all these other damn books. It doesn't make any sense, and it's confusing. And nobody's right. going to follow all that, man. I mean, you just can't continue to do this. You have to... Break it down to the essence. Uh, tell a couple of good stories, couple of good, couple of good books, and just run with that for a while. Because people are not going to stay with this nonsense. I mean, uh, I don't know, uh, yeah, what, what Marvel's game plan is with some of these things. I hopefully like this legacy thing that they're doing, Marvel Legacy. Yeah, legacy. maybe they, maybe they finally figured that out for themselves. Hopefully, because you know DC finally figured that out. You know, they yeah. kind of walked it back, and it was successful yeah. for them. And you know, they had some better stories with it too. I thought. After 52, yeah, after 52, rebirth. After with 52, yeah, because 52 was a disaster. And so, yes, they they both have kind of the same issues, but, you know, it's uh, wax and wane, so they just have to Mm -hmm. figure it out themselves now. Okay. So, yeah, so, all right, so that'll wrap up Thursday Night Comic Book Chat. I know y'all were thinking that we hate the X-Men, but I really love them, and I wish they would make books <laughs> yeah, the that opposite, would be yeah. worthy of my word, my love. That's that's my issue. I was like, I, 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 again, I hate to sound like old comic book guy, and I'm not going to be like, well, back then, because we read a bunch of these books, and back then, some of them books sucked, too. Yes. But I think there was, there was a little bit more cohesiveness to what was happening, and that's like completely gone now. Like there's just no cohesiveness between the books, between the characters, or anything anymore. And I think yeah. that for me, that's frustrating. So well, the other thing too is like I can't shake the feeling that it doesn't matter. I can't. Yeah. I can't shake the feeling mm-hmm. that if I get into it, it's going to be pulled away from me in a month. Right. Or, or yeah. six yeah. months. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, you. I mean, shoot. We've all been there. You fall in love with a writer and an artist. You know, like man, that dude can draw the hell out of that book. 
I'm going to buy yep. it just because he's drawn it. And three months yep. later, well, and they move on. Yep, I got to move on. Artwork goes to shit, <laughs> and the writing is shit. Yeah, it was like, what yep. the hell happened to my no. book? Yeah. Yep. It's, I mean, it's just, and it's like, man, and, you know, <laughs> and I'm going to just keep collecting it. Maybe he'll come back, yep. you know, sitting there like a dog, looking out yeah, the right. window, waiting for the owner to come home. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't. And you got a whole bunch of books that you don't care about that you can set fire to and nobody would even know. Yep. Welcome to our world. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, that wraps up Thursday Night Comic Book Chat for Brothers Comics. Uh, you'll be able to find us podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Over uh, upcoming comic book events, uh, we have, uh, what is it called, uh, Fort Lauderdale Comic Con in the end of July. Um, may or may not make it to that. I'm supposed to panel. Uh, so if I panel, I'll, I'll do that panel. That's the only way to go. They denied us press, so I ain't paying. So the only way I'm getting in is if I panel. <laughs> Um, so there's that. Uh, I just got the press kit for uh, Tampa Bay MegaCon Sandman, uh, so we're good for that one in October um, right. of 2017. Cool. So we'll head over to that Tampa Bay MegaCon. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so that'll be good. Um, there's an event. There's one of those um, Jay and Bob Get Old events over there, and it's on a Friday night, and I think press gets to cover that for free. I'm pretty Kevin certain. Smith. So yeah, uh, I'll, yeah, I will definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, I would definitely not pay money to see that, um, but I would <laughs> definitely go for it for free. Um, so for yeah, free, yeah. yeah, Tampa Bay MegaCon, and then skipping over would be for Big Hutch and Female Perspective. I don't think I'm making it, but Dragon Con at the end of uh, what was that Memorial Day or Labor Day? Which one's at the end of September? Labor Day. Labor Day. Labor Day. So we have Dragon Con at the end of uh, end of August, and then Big Hutch is actually uh, going to San Diego Comic Con in July. Uh, yep. We did not get press for the event, um, but he did win the lottery for the hotel. He won the lottery for tickets, at least for Thursday, Friday, and Sunday, and um, he's already invested in terms of time, energy, and money. <laughs> And I think it's too late to back out at this point. So he's he's over committed to San now. Diego. He's got to go. Uh, <laughs> check it out. Yeah, he's got to go. Brother Beavis, did you see his video? I don't know no. if he sent it to you. Oh, okay. We'll have to try to forward it to you. His, uh, you know, he, he got, may have sent it, but I didn't watch it. Yeah, he streamed oh, his okay. when he received all of his stuff in the mail. Yeah, they sent him. You know, he got the, his bag. The, the kiss, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his pin, his, his pen, all that his, stuff. His, yeah, mail. everything, yeah. Yeah, if you know I, my brother, um, the video that you see, that is actually him being excited. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to think that somebody, he was, somebody's he was dog a little just got run over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would think somebody's dog just got run over, but that's actually him excited. So, um, yeah, if you get a chance to watch that, right. <laughs> that's like 50 hits on YouTube. So it's kind of fun. So, <laughs> <laughs> As I posted it, I was like, I'm posting this. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, that is his excitement. So, yeah, so good to know. But, yeah, so, uh, yes, he will give us an update on what happens in San Diego. Uh, I will be attending a, an event called uh, Not at Comic-Con, Comic-Con at a local comic book store uh, where they will come. They they go out to San Diego, and then they bring all the stuff back that they get and share it with the, uh, with the people at the store. So, um, I'm going to attend that event, so I'll be covering that for Brothers Comics. 
And beyond that, I think that is about it. Uh, like I said, you find the, uh, the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Um, check the website at brotherscomics.com, B-R-O-T-H-A-S comics.com. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook, at Brothers Comics. You can follow us on Instagram, at Brothers Comics, on Twitter, at Brothers Comics. You can get to the Sandman at uh, Sandman415 on Twitter and Sandman415 on Facebook. Uh, and Brother Beavis is in the ether. That's it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's it. It's good, it's good right. in the ether. <laughs> Sometimes it is good in the ether. Uh, I've been through the siege perilous, so. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's okay, too. Is Madeline Pryor with you? Because, you know, yep. why not? That's right. All right. So, all right. So I took care of what Havoc couldn't do. <laughs> you need a real man, girl. Uh, that won't run off with your child. Uh, <laughs> come on, girl. Come on, baby. You got a new mama. So just like the other one, so it won't matter anyway. Um, all right, so as the producer of this podcast, I'm signing off. Uh, uh, Sandman, go ahead and sign off. Sign off, female. Uh, female. Uh, hello, <laughs> where's my Where's my brain at? Sorry. <laughs> All right, y'all. Take it easy. All right. And then Sandman. Uh, sorry, Brother Beavis. Go ahead and sign up. I'll catch you guys next week. Or, right. well, Take next month easy. or whenever. Whenever we're talking. <laughs> oh, whenever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't tell them that. That's inside the stuff. All right. We'll see you guys on the other side. Peace. Peace.